Sam Sports Podcast. How you doing today? It's Sam. I'm back. Uh, I wanted to talk about the NBA. Today is Thursday. Uh, today is Tuesday, February sixteenth, twenty sixteen. The NBA trade deadline is this Thursday, the eighteenth at three p.m. Interesting timing structure here. Uh, the All Star break typically is around the same time as the trade deadline. However, I don't know if they've ever truly lined up in this fashion like they have. Um, So we have no more NBA games scheduled until immediately after the trade deadline on Thursday evening. All these days, these are all days off for NBA All-Star break. Um, So it's kind of fascinating because really there's no games being played. There's no sort of sudden stipulation or... Moments where a player doesn't take the court because he was traded 20 minutes before game time. Uh, This is an instance where really there's no games being played whatsoever. And really GMs are just talking and uh, teams are conversing and going over possible deals. Uh, I'm skeptical that we are going to see uh, any big splashy trades uh, during this, um, you know, as this trade deadline approaches uh, with the cap. The salary cap in the NBA ballooning over the next two years, uh, I think that you need to have the right set of circumstances for a trade to actually make sense for both teams. Um, Trades, I think, in some regards are typically motivated by either dumping salary and getting bad expiring contracts off of your books or trying to get that one piece to the puzzle that's going to push you over the top and win a championship. And I think those are the motivating factors. And this season, there's there's some rumors going around. There's quite a bit of talk. I'm not really sure how much of it is concrete, um, aside from just sort of playing with fun ideas. Let's focus in on Kevin Love. There's been a lot of trade discussion with Kevin Love as of late. Uh, Cleveland signed him to a a deal in the offseason, so he's got at least three more seasons on this deal. That makes him somewhat appealing versus other uh, expiring contracts because with someone like a Joe Johnson or a Dwight Howard, uh, these guys, you could trade for them. They could come to your team, play 30 games, and at the end of the season decide to sign somewhere else, and all of a sudden you traded assets for this marquee player who's really not going to be committing uh, a concerted amount of time to your team. Kevin Love is appealing because he has those additional years on his contract. Because if you trade for him, you know you're going to have him under contract for a couple more seasons. It also kind of looks back on Cleveland, again, sort of perpetuating the idea of the mismanagement of that franchise. Um, I feel they've made a lot of mistakes in their time. And if, in fact, trading Kevin Love is what they choose to do. This is just another misstep in my mind because why get him to commit and why lock him into a fairly long-term deal if if things, you know, then if you're now doing a 180 halfway through the season and realizing he's not the right fit and you need to move on from him. It's clear under David Blatt he was not ever properly working. He wasn't, I mean, he was a spot-up shooter and a defensive liability. Um I think Teron Liu is able to utilize him a little bit better. Um, They're certainly getting some better production out of him now. Of course, he then gets injured again. Um, I don't think he's going to be out for a very long period of time. But he is a clearly valuable player 
who has now become a very appealing trade chip. Um, they, the, the Cavaliers have made it abundantly clear they don't want to trade him. He's not going anywhere. However, this is the NBA, and, you know, I don't believe anything till I see it. If he could get traded at the deadline, and all of a sudden it was like, ah, you know, we were thinking about moving him, and then we weren't, and then, you know, somebody called up, offered us a great deal, and pulled the trigger. That's how these things work. So Kevin Love has certainly been an interest of a couple of teams. The big one that, that jumps to everybody's lips is the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics are young. They're hot. Kevin Love would fit in with that team. He's a bigger presence to work with sort of this collection, this stable of guards that they have. They've got a lot of fantastic guards and Isaiah Thomas and Marcus Smart. Uh, I mean, really, they've got the backcourt. And bringing a guy like Kevin Love to the team can take the Celtics from, I think, a, a upstart competitor in the playoffs to now possibly, you know, a perennial playoff contending team in the Eastern Conference at this point in time. Because the, the next couple of seasons, it's hard to see which of these Eastern Conference teams is really going to make themselves worthwhile. The Western Conference has a fair amount. The Eastern Conference right now has Cleveland and, and Toronto. That's about it. And Boston is trying to get into that conversation. And going and getting Kevin Love could be a big coup for them. However, one of the elements about this is that Boston has, as their trade chips, draft picks. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Boston has a plethora of draft picks that it has collected and really stockpiled from several trades, most notably the Paul Pierce-Kevin Garnett trade to Brooklyn, where they, they essentially just robbed Brooklyn of every single draft pick that they have. Um, now, I say this because these are great tradable assets for a Kevin Love. However, the Cleveland Cavaliers, this is where I go back and say, I don't know if any of these deals are realistic because which one benefits every single team involved. I don't think the Cavaliers benefit greatly from moving on from Kevin Love and getting uh, draft picks in exchange. Uh, they want another key piece to come in here and put them over the top so they can win a championship. So if you're moving on and trading Kevin Love, you better be getting someone important back in return. And that, I think, is why some of the other trade rumors that have been churning have been this discussion of possibly a three-team deal between Kevin, uh, the Cavaliers moving on from Kevin Love, working a deal with the Boston Celtics and the New York Knicks where they can figure out hopefully some way of getting Carmelo Anthony over to the Cleveland Cavaliers, get him to waive his no-trade clause, and then you can send some draft picks towards the New York Knicks. Now that makes a little bit more sense. However, it sounds a little bit less realistic in my opinion. That's, that's just my opinion. A couple other things to know about Cleveland is uh, again, the teams that I think are the closest to winning a championship and are looking for that one piece to put them over the top, Cleveland is certainly doing that. They're acknowledging that several pieces of their team are not working the way they were last year. Timothy Mozgov has not had nearly as productive a season with the Cavaliers as he did last year. Now, granted, he came in at the trade deadline and he was quite a spark heading into the playoffs. This season, He's really kind of been downgraded. He has not fit in as well. Tristan Thompson has been getting more minutes in the position than Timothy Mozgov has. There is um, clearly a sense that they're going to move on from him. Even if they don't trade him, I don't think they're going to renew his contract. They're going to let him walk out the door 
Also, Iman Shumpert, another former New York Nick who came over in that uh, trade last year, is also somebody who the Cavaliers are making known that they're willing to move on from. They're willing to trade him. Um, and I'm, I'm pulling a lot of this stuff. Kudos to Brian Windhorst, experts at ESPN. They're the ones who really churn up a lot of this information and allow me to expound upon it. Um, some of the things they've uh, been talking about is that Cleveland possibly, I think, I think in their dreams, they want to go get Kyle Korver from the Atlanta Hawks. Now let's move on a little bit. Let's shift gears. Let's go to the Atlanta Hawks and talk a little bit about them. The Atlanta Hawks won 60 games last year and got to the Eastern Conference Finals before they were swept by the Cavaliers. Mike Budenholzer, this coach from Greg Popovich's coaching tree, has brought, I think, a little bit of that Spurs mentality to the Hawks, which was exciting and good last year. However, this year, it has not equated to wins in the same capacity. And because of that, some of the key people who were all-stars and big pieces of the team last year are now not all-stars and are considered trade subjects this year, specifically Kyle Korver and Jeff Teague. Kyle Korver and Jeff Teague are both people who have fallen from grace a little bit in Atlanta. They uh, Last year, Atlanta had four All-Stars. It had Millsap, Horford, Teague, and Corver. This year, it had one. It had Millsap. So even still, there's even discussions about possibly moving on from Horford. You know, however, Horford has an expiring contract. Uh, so even if someone moves on from him, I think there might need to be a sign and trade or some type of a commitment that he's going to stay with the team. But going back to Corver and Teague, Corver... I think many teams would want to pry him from Atlanta. I, the Cleveland Cavaliers would love a shooter like Kyle Korver, a deadly, deadly three-point shooter who can just shoot unconsciously without, you know, very quick release. Korver would fit great on that team. However, I don't see the Atlanta Hawks really letting him go, and especially to a conference rival like the Cavaliers. Um, same thing with Jeff Teague. His production has been down and there is definitely a sense that the Atlanta Hawks are ready to move on from him and kind of give the ball to Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder, the guy with the little blonde wisp in his hair, he has been putting up fantastic numbers. He gets more minutes as the season goes on, and you know he is really rising to that point guard spot, and he's primed to take the job, and Atlanta is primed to move on from Jeff Teague, and there's been several teams that I think have some interest in Jeff Teague. He's still a good point guard. He's still uh, got a good contract that I, you know, I'm not, I'm not all sure of the details of his contract, but either way, he's an appealing, he doesn't, his time in Atlanta's ending, but there are other teams that are desperate for a great point guard who'd be happy to go get him. Um, so that's kind of a little sense of where maybe the Atlanta Hawks might be mixing into these trade rumors and what's happening there. Now, to stick a little bit with the point guards, and we're discussing Jeff Teague, a couple of teams that have had some interest here are the Orlando Magic and possibly the New York Knicks. Uh, the New York Knicks have been known to want Jeff Teague badly, and there is a sense that they are also ready to get rid of. They, they need to move on from Jose Calderon. I don't have any beef with Jose Calderon. I think he's a good point guard, but his salary is, you know, it's a little bit more expensive than I think teams want to pay. He, he's kind of like the watered-down version of Jeff Teague. He's another competent capable point guard, but he's not the point guard quarterback. I like to call the point guard the quarterback sometimes. He's not the quarterback that these teams really want to go into the playoffs with. And um, I think Calderon had a little bit more 
panache in the league a few years ago. Now, you know, he's lost a step, and he's also been sort of rotting away on the, on bad Knicks teams over the last couple of seasons. So there is a feeling the Knicks are ready to maybe send Calderon to the Hawks and try to get Jeff Teague, try to bring him in, maybe throw in a couple other smaller expiring contracts or some younger prospects in the deal. Uh, the other team that... um. And by the way, got to give credit to Brian Windhorst at ESPN. I'm taking a lot of these trade rumors from he and, and many other people involved. Another team looking to go get Jeff Teague would be the Orlando Magic. Um, the Orlando Magic, it's sounding now that they have taken some steps forward with the hiring of Scott Skiles as head coach. I think last year when they fired Jacques Vaughn, that was probably a good decision. Jacques Vaughn, the former point guard for the San Antonio Spurs, had been the coach of the Orlando Magic for about three seasons, and it really was not going well. Their young talent was not improving, and the team was not taking steps forward. You know, I feel franchises, they want to feel like you're taking steps forward, and the magic had been stagnating, so they got rid of Jacques Vaughn. They brought in Scott Skiles, who can be a bit of a hard-ass when it comes to being a coach, but he does produce results, and I have to give him credit for that. That being said, they've had some issues this season as well. They have produced some good results. They have played some good games, I think better than they have the last couple of seasons. However, they've dealt with injury issues as well. Victor Oladipo has been injured during a chunk of the season. Uh, and there is a sense that they're ready to move on from him. They, he was the number two overall pick a handful of years ago, but I don't know if he's blossomed in the same, in, at the speed or, or the progression state that they were hoping. So there is a feeling that they're ready to send him away. Um, same thing with Tobias Harris, who's another fantastic player on that team, but I think there's a, the feeling of they need to shake up the roster. Both of these guys have good, meaty contracts with a couple of years left, which, as I was saying in the beginning of the podcast, is appealing to certain teams because then you know this player is not going to go jump ship as soon as he gets there. So these could be realistic trade points, and if the Magic are willing to really shake things up, we might see that roster changing. Uh, they're definitely someone who, they're not going to be in the playoffs, but this could be an opportunity for them to really overhaul their roster in a way and get some type of a blue chip, which they really haven't had a blue chip since Dwight Howard left. And uh, I think they'd be excited to get someone who's back in there who's as great as Nick Vucevic is, someone who's even better and can play along with him, uh, I think. And, and I feel from a point guard perspective, I think they like what they see in Alfred Payton. Aside from his massive hair, he's got big, beautiful, huge, 19, early 90s-like, booming Afro hair. But uh, Alfred Payton has produced very well in that backcourt, and I think there might be a feeling of he could be our backcourt guy of the future and we can move on from Oladipo and maybe bring in someone who's going to complement Alfred Payton a little bit more. So that's a sense of what's going on with Orlando. They're also, you know, they're trying to get out of that, that, that quagmire that is the dumps of the Eastern Conference. Uh, the last a couple other teams they mention here, which are also discussing trades, um, a team to think about is the Toronto Raptors. Now, coming back to the Cavaliers, the Raptors are another team which are primed to win a championship. I don't, I don't know if they're winning a championship, but they're making noise. They're going to the playoffs, and they're trying to get over that hump of getting to the second round or maybe even getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. So they're looking for a blue chip that's going to put them over the top. Now, Brian Windhorst threw out some names, which I'm sure he's probably heard about. I'm going to throw them out here because I think they're good talking points. Thaddeus Young. Thaddeus Young has been a blessing 
on the Brooklyn Nets. As a longtime 76er fan, I remember Thad Young from when he was here. I loved him then. I still love him now. I think he's a hell of a basketball player. And aside from Brooke Lopez, he's probably the, the best player on that Brooklyn Nets team. I think Lopez and Thaddeus Young are the whole team right now. Uh, they probably be, have a little bit more with Jarrett Jack, but sadly he got injured this season as well. Thaddeus Young is a heck of a guy for any team that goes to get him. So there are some rumors that the Raptors might, you know, send away a few assets and move some people to go get him. Bring it. They certainly got the Raptors have pieces that I don't want to say are expendable, but certainly pieces that have not been fitting into their rotation. The Patrick Pattersons, these guys that I think they're willing to part ways with and willing to use as trade as trade meat. So they could go get a guy like Thaddeus Young who can really bring something additional to their team that's going to make them even scarier to a team like the Cleveland Cavaliers. Another player that they also have in this trade rumor right now, Ryan Anderson, the three-point shooter from the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans, bad team, looking to dump assets. They clearly are not making the playoffs. It's been a bit of a lost season, which is a heck of a disappointment because they... Uh, Anthony Davis was expected to be an MVP candidate. Uh, this is a team that went to the playoffs last year. Where there was a real hope of a step forward with them. Uh, however, they've taken a bit of a step back. They now have a losing season, and they are jammed up. Unlike the Philadelphia 76ers, they're jammed up with some bad contracts. The Tyreek Evans contract is not particularly good, and now Tyreek Evans is hurt for the duration of the season. Omer Ashik's contract is not particularly good either. He's not going anywhere. Pelicans are definitely mired in some bad contracts right now. So moving on from a Ryan Anderson, a valuable trade chip, some a contract you can get off your books, and hopefully some uh, draft picks that you can get back in advance could be a real win for the Pelicans. Now, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, many of these teams are not ca- cap-strapped by bad contracts as much anymore because the cap has blossomed and ballooned as much as it has and how much it will be in the in the coming seasons. However, some teams are still log-jammed with bad contracts, and the few of them that are, one of them is the New Orleans Pelicans. So they are someone who could move on from this guy and try to get something back in return. Um, there's also a discussion of Kenneth Fareed. Uh, of the Denver Nuggets, who's a fantastic player, probably doesn't get uh, talked about that much because he's playing in Denver, because Denver really, aside from Danilo Gallinari, does not have an awful lot of superstars that you want to speak about. Uh, And they're having a a forgettable losing season. So Denver has not been on the the tip of everyone's tongue, but Kenneth Farid is still a fantastic player there who could be a great asset to a team that's trying to march to the championship. So then you also start to say, well, he's a great target for the Raptors as well. Bring a front court presence, a rebounding presence, a post player, somebody who's really kind of being physical. Um, That could be really, really exciting for the Raptors, and they could also try to poach this guy. Um, The last thing that that Windhorst mentions is Markeith Morris and P.J. Tucker going and trying to get those guys from Phoenix. Phoenix is a dumpster fire right now. Uh, they are completely uh, tailspin. It's like imagine a plane with its wing getting knocked off and just spinning around until it crashes. That's the Phoenix Suns' 2015-2016 uh, season at the moment. Um, so that being said, if you can go in there, strip some assets from them, make their lives easier because you're getting you know disgruntled players out of their dysfunctional franchise, and you're bringing some contracts off the books. They could be really, really uh, open to listening to offers in a situation like that. So 
The Raptors might be doing some business. Masai Ujiri, the GM of the Raptors, is a very savvy businessman. He's a good GM. He's been doing great things for the Raptors, and um, that wouldn't surprise me. If someone's going to pull off a trade of that caliber, I see the, I could see the Raptors doing that. I don't know if I see the Cavs really shaking up their chemistry too much because the Cavs have been so dysfunctional as it is, but I see the Raptors trying to go and get somebody who could really help them in the playoffs, and some of those guys could make a real big difference. Um, okay, one of the other things he mentions here, which is I, I don't really know if there's too much is going to be happening. The Milwaukee Bucks, a um, couple of things to mention with the Milwaukee Bucks is the dysfunction that has come out of uh, Greg Monroe this season. He's been a real disappointment. They signed him to big money to come away. You know, When Greg Monroe and, and Andre Drummond were playing in Detroit last year, it was clear one of them was going to, you know, it's like the Highlander. There can be, there can be only one. There, there can be. The day is mine, Trebek. So, one of them had to go. Monroe left. He signs a good deal with the Milwaukee Bucks, and he has been a disappointment to a degree. He hasn't been able to fit in particularly well with the team. There's a sense that he doesn't give it his all every night. There's a sense that sometimes he shows up, sometimes he doesn't. A la Dwight Howard, a little bit. Um, I don't believe they're ready to move on from him, but the fact that he's coming off the bench at this point should tell you how things have worked out for him in Milwaukee. And in the NBA, you know, it is a little bit of what have you done for me lately. They could do an about face pretty fast and move him. I don't see them moving him before the trade deadline, but I don't know. This offseason, maybe that could happen. Jabari Parker, there's been some discussion about trying to go get him. He's coming back from his ACL tear from last season. This is now his first full season. He's been playing some great basketball. Um, I think Milwaukee is smartly saying he's not going anywhere. It's Listen, he's a young guy. He's got a lot of potential, and he's coming back from an ACL injury. And what I can say now in 2016 is that ACL injuries are not as career-ending as they used to be. In football and basketball before, when you had an ACL tear, there was a very legitimate chance that you would never really be able to come back from that injury. And if you did, you would not be the player you were before. Now, I'm not going to say that that doesn't happen anymore. I think every ACL injury, you know, everyone's body is different. Everyone's ability to heal is different. And every injury is a little different. And that being said, uh, I will say that now once you suffer that injury, we are able to see players come back. We're able to see them perform, if not at the exact level they they were performing at before, somewhere close to it, which is exciting because I don't think that was the case five, ten years ago. However, what you do need to take into consideration is it does take time for the player to get back into 100% shape. Um, you will see players coming back and playing after they've, you know, a year after they've torn their ACL. However, it still takes them a good year's worth of playing to get back to 100%. If you look at football, think of Darrell Revis. When he tore his ACL and came back the following season, he was pretty good, but you could tell he didn't have, he had lost a step. However, the season following that, he was back to 100%. So he came back and played, but it's, it's, a, it's a tough, tough, frightening injury that takes a long time to heal. So that being said, I think Jabari Parker is coming back onto the scene However, you know, he's going to need time to recover, and I think the Bucks are smart enough to protect him and not move on from him. However, Michael Carter-Williams has been a little bit of a misfire for the Bucs. There's, well, there's been many things going wrong with the Bucs, and uh, he's definitely one of them. I think they have absolutely put him on the trade market. They're happy to entertain offers for MCW. Um, 
there's a there's another guy that I think was an opportunity when they got him from the Sixers. They traded for him. I think they thought he would bring something to the team. He brought it, but it has not panned out in the long run. And in the the, the future glimpse of this uh, Bucks team, I don't see Michael Carter Williams being a part of it. Uh, the the next team I want to jump on. There's a lot of trade. There's a lot of trade rumors going around. Let's let's chat about it, baby. Um, Sacramento Kings. Brian Windhorst brings up the Kings. They are a picture of disorganization. This team is, everything about them is, is being done wrong, poorly, incorrectly, from the owners to the general manager to the head coach to the players on the team. DeMarcus Cousins, George Carl, Vladi Divac, Vivek, everything is just a train wreck with Sacramento. It's a real shame because I hear they have fantastic fans. One of my good friends is from Sacramento. I mean, it's a great place. It's just, I think they deserve a little bit of a better product on the court but they all have to sort of look at each other and look at themselves if they want to understand what's going wrong. Um, but a couple of the trade rumors are they've got a few people on that team uh, that have really just been rotting away. Uh, Karan Butler has been on the team. I don't really know how many minutes he's been getting, but I know that they have tried to sort of move on from him, get him to a, a playoff contender as opposed to rotting out in a, uh, in a team that, is, has, that has essentially has a forgotten season. Uh, now, they, well, they certainly don't think it's a forgotten season. They believe or, and have believed for most of the, the year that they could squeak into the eighth seed in the Western Conference. Uh, right now, I think it's abundantly clear that's not going to happen. Even though they believe there might still be a chance, I feel very, very much that they're not going anywhere. They're going to be back in the lottery this offseason. Um, a few other people they have, they have Ben McLemore, who's been a Sadly, he just has not, he has not fulfilled his potential as a draft pick. Costas Kufos is another guy they brought in. It, these, are, these are pieces and assets they have to a team that is drowning. So this is another opportunity. It's like the Magic. It's, uh, it's a team that's clearly not making the playoffs, but they're trying to figure out a way to move on from the people they have and shake up the roster and hopefully try to get someone who's going to make a difference down the line and and be worth it at this trade deadline. But that being said, because there's so many uncertainties and I don't know if any of these deals one way or the other, like whoever the Sacramento Kings work with, you know, who are they going to get? Who on another team is that team going to want to give up to get assets from Sacramento? I mean, maybe you could see something like Sacramento working with Orlando. You could see two bad teams working with each other. That sounds a little bit more realistic than, you know, the Sacramento Kings trading for Kevin Love. That does not sound realistic. Um, anyway, let's not focus on Sacramento. They're not the most exciting team to think about. Um, this is an interesting one for you, the Miami Heat. Okay, so there has been a, a bit of a discussion about um, – the Miami Heat getting into trade talks regarding Dwight Howard and Hassan Whiteside. Both teams have two big men with a lot of ability at different stages in their careers and different disclaimers on both of these gentlemen. So Dwight Howard uh, has one more year left on his contract, which is a player option, I believe, which means he can opt in if it is his choice or he can opt out if it is his choice. So, after the trade deadline passes, he will remain with the Houston Rockets, and if he likes, he could opt out of his deal and say, I am an unrestricted free agent, walk out the door, and Houston gets nothing. Now, granted, they get the cap space, but they get one of their blue-chip you know, superstars, if you want to still consider Dwight Howard to be that guy right now, 
he will walk out the door and they will get nothing in return. If they trade him now before the trade deadline, then they could at least get some assets, some draft picks, maybe a, a young player or two who could be fit into their future nucleus. Um, and they would be able to get something before Dwight Howard walks out the door. Now for the Miami Heat, Hassan Whiteside has been a fascinating specimen for them. His athletic ability, his blocking, his his uh, everything he brings to the court, his his dunking, his putbacks, he's been a real fine. This is a guy who was um, in the D League for quite some time, doing great, uh, playing great basketball, but never really fulfilling his potential. Um, and it was only last season when the Heat called him up to the to to the big leagues, and Chris Bosh went down. When Chris Bosh went down with the blood clot last season, uh, that kind of you know put an end to the Miami Heat season last year. But now Bosh is still playing. We'll get to Bosh in a second. Bosh is still playing, and you had. But last season when he was down, Hassan Whiteside came up, and he was a real revelation for Miami. However, Hassan Whiteside has had some head case issues. He's had some issues with getting into arguments, losing his temper, you know, really like, you know, I don't want to say Blake Griffin is a, is a dysfunctional head case in himself, but, you know, Blake Griffin punching the equipment manager has been a real moment of pause for many of these teams right now. And Hassan Whiteside has a little bit of this unpredictable behavior as well. So as much as his athletic ability, his production has been exciting and, and, and great and an asset for the Miami Heat, there is a feeling of, should we be giving this guy a five-year contract? Has he shown enough um, mental composure, both on and off the court, to justify us and to at least have proven to us the Miami Heat and Pat Riley, this isn't just Miami, it's Pat Riley, to say, okay, I'm willing to give you a four-year contract. I don't know if Hassan Whiteside has earned that yet. So there is a sense that he's going to be a free agent too, why don't we move on from him right now while we have the chance? So Houston and Miami are both kind of in the same boat. They've both got two big men with a lot of ability who each has their own baggage. And they're saying, you know what? Let's just swap these guys right now. Let's kind of go bing, bang, boom, go back and forth, try to make the most of this uncomfortable situation that we're in. Maybe the Miami Heat get 30 games and a good playoff run out of Dwight Howard. They get a nice look at him. They get to see how he plays with the other personalities on Miami. Maybe they give him a two-year contract afterwards, or maybe they see him play for 30 games. They realize he's not a good fit on the team, doesn't work out that well. The NBA is moving to a world where Dwight Howard is obsolete, and they let him walk after 30 days. And you know what? They, leave, they, they go without Hassan Whiteside, but they tried their best. I think they like Whiteside. I don't think they're sold on Whiteside. And now a change of scenery for both of these players could be the greatest thing. Whiteside going to the Houston Rockets, you know, maybe he's a guy who rejuvenates that Rockets team a little bit. Maybe he brings a tenacity that James Harden wants, you know, and he's certainly not going to be hogging the ball from James Harden. He's going to be a guy who's crashing the boards, getting rebounds, and being athletic and blocking shots. I mean, that sounds like somebody who's going to compliment James Harden. And if he does, you know, play well and you know, uh, earn his reputation with Houston, maybe Houston gives him a nice long-term deal. So, that's an interest. That sounds like something that's a little bit more fathomable in this in this trade rumor mill that we're sort of sifting in at the moment. Um, all right, let's look at a couple others. We've gone over quite a few. Um, I don't know. I, I think we I think we might have covered most of them. The, on on some other news, uh, Chris Bosh. I do want to discuss him. Injury issues with Chris Bosh. 
Uh, so he has a lingering calf injury, which is what kept him out of the All-Star game. However, they're now saying that the blood clot issue that he had last season that essentially ended his season is now possibly coming back. And this is possibly something they need to look at again. So that's hitting the news right now. The frightening possibility is that Chris Bosh might once again be a player who's missing from the playoffs for a second straight season, which is just tough for Miami. Miami's really, I think, put together a great season. You know, injuries, you know, really hurt them last year. And this season, things are rolling their way. You've got Lou Aldang is not hurt. Chris Bosh is not hurt. Dwayne Wade is playing like he did pre-LeBron James era in Miami. It's pretty amazing. Um, so, so it's a little scary to think that Bosch is going to go back down and that now they might go into another playoff year uh, at a disadvantage, especially when I think in the, weast e in the weak Eastern Conference, the Miami Heat are a team that can really make a lot of noise. You know, I want to see a series between the Heat and the Cavaliers. I want to see a series between the Heat and the Boston Celtics or, or the Raptors. I mean, that's going to be exciting to watch. Uh, and even still, I think the Heat team can probably – you know, defeat a team like the Atlanta Hawks or the Chicago Bulls, for that matter. Oh, boy, the Bulls are a whole other thing in themselves. Um, but that's been a lot of context I think I've put us in. We talked about a lot of possible trades coming up. I'm really skeptical about any of them happening. Um, you know, like there's been some real discussions about Joe Johnson uh, trading his expiring contract for the Brooklyn Nets. And this goes back to that same discussion with Dwight Howard. When you're moving on from a guy who has an expiring contract, you might be trading, you know, the house, the barn, and, and the five acres for this player only to see them walk out the door at the end of the season. So Joe Johnson kind of comes with that baggage because he's got a massive contract, but it's going to be up at the end of the year. And the same thing with Dwight Howard. And um, you see, in that, and coming back, that's why Kevin Love is appealing. Because Kevin Love, he can't just walk out the door. He's got a contract. Um, you know, David Lee's expiring contract. That's something that's going to be able to make a deal work. That's a contract that everybody wants to get out of. It's a contract that Boston doesn't want anymore. And just get it off their books. You see, and that's another reason why Boston has been a very um, appetizing team to discuss as a trade player. Because they have these assets to throw into a deal. When you're making a deal work, the numbers have to work from a salary perspective. And sometimes you got to throw in a couple of, you know, smaller salaries just to kind of make it all work. And Boston could make a big deal work by throwing in that expiring David Lee salary. Then again, you got to be dealing with a team that wants to have an expiring salary coming off their contract, which means you're dealing with a team that's bad, which means you're dealing with a team like um, the Sacramento Kings or the Orlando Magic or the Milwaukee Bucks. And, you know, I don't I don't know if Boston is really going to want to pull the trigger to go and try to get Victor Oladipo. Or, or DeMarcus Cousins, or Greg Monroe for that matter. I don't think that's the right answer for the Boston Celtics chemistry that they have going on right now. The chemistry is working really well, and I think they need to be very particular about who they bring into that, uh, that mix right now. So, a lot of trades to talk about. I'm just going to go right out and say it. I'm, I, don't know if, I don't think any trades are really going to happen. I'm very, very skeptical that anybody's going to pull the trigger at all. A lot of these teams are learning now that you just, you can... You can make do with the guys you've got. And with the salary cap exploding the way it's going to be, you know, that leaves your options open in the future and you don't need to wiggle as much as you used to. So that's what I'm thinking with the trade rumors. Uh, trade deadline is coming up in two days. Um, 
like I said before, it's interesting with no games going on. It's almost kind of like we're all just laying back in the cut waiting for somebody to pull the trigger. I keep updating my ESPN just saying, when is that breaking news? So-and-so has been traded to so-and-so for so-and-so and so-and-so going to hit the hit the wire. Um, so I'm excited. I don't know what's going to come out, but uh had to get on the mic and talk about it just a little bit because I'm pretty, pretty jazzed about the trade deadline coming up. That's all I got for today. As always, uh, subscribe to me on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Follow me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones. Email me at Sam sportsstation at gmail.com and coming soon currently in the mix of signing contracts and arranging everything i will be on local philadelphia radio 6 10 a.m espn sports saturday mornings 10 a.m to 11 a.m we're putting the whole show together right now we're getting the band back together putting everything together right now getting production in place, getting equipment in place, getting advertisers in place. Soon enough, you will hear me on terrestrial radio. That doesn't mean I'm going to leave you here on the podcast, baby. I'm still going to be here giving you all the information you want to hear. I'm just going to be coming out of more than one speaker. That's all. Uh, Anyway, I love you guys. Thanks a lot for listening. We will talk very soon. Bye-bye.